0: The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle, and I am joined tonight by Logan Bradley, and we got Mike Gus back. So, gentlemen, welcome back to the pod. It has been a
1: while for both of you.
2: Yeah, it feels like it's been months since I've been on, but gosh does it feel good let's let's talk some football
1: yeah thank you I'm excited to be back Uh, really glad that you guys had me back had a ton of fun last time so looking forward to it
0: let's talk about the draft it's way too early to talk about the draft it is uh, not even free agency as we're recording this podcast and and we're not exactly sure when this one is going to drop to you guys but we were just talking about this off air and we were just kind of getting to the point that we're, we just want to have an introduction to the draft. And so that's kind of where we're at this evening as we are recording. All right, really quick news in Bears land. Everybody knows Alan Robinson got that franchise tag uh, as of today, as we're recording March 10th, uh, which again, you might not be hearing this for a week, folks, but at, at the point that we're recording this, uh, the Bears just got two sixth round compensatory picks, which means the Bears will have a first round, a second round pick, a third round pick, a fifth round pick, three sixth round picks, and a seventh round pick. The seventh round pick coming uh, from Miami and the Adam Shaheen trade, which we could talk about that, but maybe not right now. So folks, we're going to be focusing in on the draft. And for this podcast specifically, we're going to focus in on three positions, quarterback, offensive line, and wide receiver, especially because we've got Mike here. We are, we are really excited to be talking about offensive line. That is his thing. And Logan is our college football guy. So I am so excited about this episode. We're going to hop right in. Uh, Logan, since it's been a while since you've been on the pod, any thoughts, general thoughts that you have on the, the early parts of this uh, 2021 offseason?
2: To be honest, I think it's just interesting how teams are, yesterday, March 9th, I believe that was the, Cap was set at 182 million, I believe. And I think it's just, everything's kind of settling. You're seeing teams cut people, you know, i.e. the Bears, Bobby Massey, Buster Screen. And once all those cuts are done, which we're going to probably see more of them in the coming days, then I think you'll start to see the way that teams are going to navigate this offseason, whether that's in terms of free agents, the draft. Um, But to be honest, I'm just excited for the draft for traditional purposes but also because i think it's gonna there's gonna be a huge move on draft night i don't know exactly what that's gonna be but if you're gonna see watson or wilson traded i think it's going to be on draft night so we're just very excited about that
1: mike what about you yeah i think logan actually nailed it um i'm very excited for the draft because with the cap reduction the first time in over 10 years um that's that's time the team's move and whether it be you know, an established quarterback, um, you know, some other big-time player that a team may just decide for financial reasons to, you know, take a young investment on, or, you know, one of these big-name quarterbacks, uh, you know, even a couple other guys that we'll get into. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of movement, and and because of the unprecedented circumstances, you're going to see, you know, maybe some unprecedented action in the draft
0: I think that's what has Bears fans so excited right now is the fact that it sure seems like they're positioning themselves to make a big move, whatever that might be. I think we're all kind of hoping for quarterback. We've talked about that in a few episodes thus far uh, this offseason, uh, but it just seems like there's a big move coming, and, and I agree with both of you guys. It's probably going to happen on draft night as much as we want it to happen tonight so that we can just say, hey, here is the Bears' new quarterback, or here's this new uh, free agent acquisition, or some that they have traded for but it just unfortunately doesn't work that way all right gentlemen let's let's hop into the draft again too early to talk about it but we're going to do it because we're excited and and we want to get into it so so logan i'm gonna throw this question out here first to you let's just say for example that the the bears find a way to trade inside the top 10. what are you going to do if you're ryan pace and you've got this What position are you drafting? Who's your guy? I got to hear it.
2: So first of all, I think it would be very interesting just to know what it's going to take this year to get into side of the top 10. And it kind of scares me. The idea of Ryan Pace, you know, trading up for obvious reasons. But for me, it comes down to two guys that I really would feel like would be worth giving up draft capital for. And the first one is Rashawn Slater, an offensive tackle from Northwestern he ju- or he opted out, out of the 2020 season, so he didn't play, but in 2019, Northwestern went up against Ohio State in Evanston, and while Northwestern did get beat pretty handily, uh, Rashawn Slater went up a guy that many of you out there might know in Chase Young, and he really dominated Chase Young, and Slater was one of the only offensive tackles that Young saw throughout his entire career at Ohio State that really handled him very well. So, you've got a a kid from Texas in Slater who yesterday had his pro day at Northwestern. He ran a 48840, and that's a guy who's 6'3, 300 plus pounds, and he did 33 reps on the bench press, which all of those numbers obviously are take it for what you will, but very impressive to say the least. Uh, The second guy for me is a quarterback and It's Justin Fields from Ohio State, and last year I will be the first to admit that I really liked Dwayne Haskins, or maybe that was two years ago now at this point. I'm getting my years mixed up, but Ohio State quarterbacks can be kind of scary. You've got guys like Haskins, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Braxton Miller, Joel Pryor, who was a receiver eventually, Troy Smith. That's not exactly an impressive group, but what you see from Justin Fields is a guy who's probably still needing to do some uh, get some you know, help in the decision-making category. But in games like the Big Ten Championship game, he went up against Northwestern and really was – he didn't look good. But when you look at that tape, I think it was more so the defensive coordinator for Northwestern, Mike Hankowitz, drew up schemes that really just didn't fit what Justin Fields did well. And it was hats off to them. But then you went – and he faces Clemson in the national title game. And there's just a lot, a lot better. I think that, you know, his mobility is is exciting. And while in the modern day NFL, a lot of those successful quarterbacks you can look at and say they aren't very mobile. I just think that there's a lot of question marks with Justin Fields, but there's enough upside there that just is so exciting. And, and you want to see him um, play for your favorite team.
0: I think the thing about him is... The same thing that I loved about Deshaun Watson in big games, he plays well. And uh, I, I, I was hoping for that, you know, on draft night. And I understand why they went with Mitch Trubisky he had all those intangible things, you know, the, the strong arm the mobility and all those things, but he wasn't a proven winner. The way that Justin Fields is the way that Deshaun Watson is Mike, I got to hear say, same question. The bears find them, find a way to get into the top 10. What are you doing? If you're Ryan Pace.
1: Yeah, similar to Logan, you know, he actually, I think, nailed it. Um, First, I'm looking at quarterback. There's a lot of tackles I like at the top, Um, mainly um, Sewell from Oregon and then Rashawn Slater, you know, not hometown, but a local guy here. Because of the depth, and we'll get into that later At offensive tackle, I'm targeting a quarterback and I'm doing it, you know, we mentioned the cost under a very specific set of circumstances. Now, I think, you know, for anyone listening that wants to, you know, read into this a little bit more, I think pick number five in Cincinnati would be the place to move up four fields, assuming that um, Suell has been taken already in the top four. Um, you, You know, that happens. They could go Slater. They could opt to move out of that pick. And that might drive down the price that Logan mentioned because, you know, Cincinnati's not in the quarterback market. They're most certainly in this really deep offensive tackle market. Um, So I'm going to go with Justin Fields because I think Wilson at this point is going number two and and we can pretty much, you know, mark that down as law. And a lot of things that, you know, has already been said about Fields. One thing that I will add, I mean, frankly, I thought the IU tape was scary, um, as good as the Clemson tape was. Um, So there's really a mixed bag there. IU tape really scared me uh, for the reason that, so IU ran, a lot of we call false five, um, which is a very common – that's like a Vic Fangio idea, where you show five potential rushers and then us Bears fans get mad because one drops off and happens to be Khalil back sometimes. And, and he struggled with that. There's some really basic dagger reads that, I mean, he hit the IU safety in the chest with, which, you know, things that scare you. But I'm willing to set that aside from what you saw in the big game, like you said. I mean, not only did he play great, but, I, I mean, look, those – they can say what they want. Those ribs were broken. Uh, He had every reason in the world to come out of that game and did. And I think, you know, you want to talk about intangibles with Mitch Trubisky to me, you, you know, those things that you can't teach were on display, you know, in the college football playoffs.
2: So actually now that I think of it, I do want to throw in one more name. That's sort of almost a dream scenario. If he falls, and this is a guy that won the Heisman trophy, Devonta Smith from Alabama and It seems like over the last couple of weeks, he's kind of been falling, but I really, really like the player. And if he starts to fall into that, maybe 14, 15 range. I think that's where you start to maybe think of pulling the trigger because while he's a smaller guy, he's, he's rail thin, but he's got, you know, six one, one seventy five. He can add weight. He can, he's also shown a willingness to go into traffic and catch the ball. Um, But he's really fun to watch. And honestly, a receiver that he reminds me a lot of is Tyler Lockett who's just been rock solid for the Seahawks for many years now. So again, I don't think that maybe the bears do that, but it's an intriguing possibility.
0: Well, obviously the big news that Allen Robinson is going to be around for at least one more season and you have Darnell Mooney, but after that, it is awful. It's really, really bad. The bears need another weapon uh, at, at the wide receiver position. So I could definitely see them going that route, but I, I do wonder, and guys, I, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. If they don't need tackle or quarterback significantly more than, than wide receiver now that Allen Robinson is coming back. Mike, how do you kind of feel about
1: that? Um, you, you know, I think wide receiver is a nice luxury. And I know in the modern NFL, you know, that sounds like an oxymoron. But look, until you have the guy to deliver the football on time, on schedule to that wide receiver and the offensive tackle to allow that quarterback to stay on time and on schedule – I mean, at this point, yeah, wide receiver feels like a luxury only because of those gigantic question marks in the other two areas. All right. So gentlemen, let's say the bears
0: don't pull off a trade. Maybe, maybe they do somehow find a way to, to get their quarterback or, or maybe they are content staying at 20 and finding him somewhere else in the draft or something along those lines. Let's, we'll put all that aside for a second. And I want you to think if the bears don't trade up into the top 10 and they are sitting there still at pick 20, what are you going to go with? Logan, I'm going to start with you on this one.
2: To me, I just look at a lot of the mock drafts that are happening and it doesn't seem like that there's a ton of options for at least that align to the Bears' needs. I think for me, the three players that stand out to me are Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from Oklahoma State, Christian Derrissaw, tackle from Virginia Tech, and Mac Jones. And to be honest with you, Mac Jones, like, he just kind of is what he is to me. I don't think that he's going to be a bust of a, a, a player at all. I think that he can be a guy you draft who's a high floor, low ceiling guy. There's a lot of trusted analysts out there who say that he could be a starter in the NFL for 10 plus years. I, I see a guy who, you know, he threw for like 75% completion percentage his senior year. And I think he has what it takes to be good in the NFL, but I just look at that pick and I wonder, is it worth, taking him knowing you're getting a, again, a high floor, low ceiling guy and, and skipping out on a potential franchise tackle. And for me, that's why I kind of turned towards Tevin Jenkins, who played primarily right tackle at Oklahoma state, but also played every other position besides center. Uh, He didn't allow, allow any sacks as a junior, a senior, and he was a mauler in the run game. If you go and watch the tape of him versus Oklahoma, he opened up some run lanes for Chuba Hubbard, who was the, Um, very good running back for Oklahoma State. And I think that's some tape that would really excite Bears fans. And again, I mentioned Derrissaw. I think he's pretty similar to Jenkins. I think you could kind of intertwine those guys. But for me, and again, not the most seasoned offensive lineman expert by any means, but I'd prefer Jenkins.
1: So for me, uh, Christian Derrissaw is actually my number one want at 20. Um, Reason being, just like Logan said, it, I mean, you are – just be, with the depth of this class, you are looking at a potential franchise left tackle. I, I mean, Christian Darrisaw, he has shown everything that you want to see throughout, his, throughout the last two years. The Bears could potentially benefit from, you know, the top-end generational potentially um, offensive tackles that we've already went over. So just to add, uh, you know, what Logan stated – uh, the the only knock, and it's not even a knock, the only reason that we're not talking about trading up into the top 10 for Christian is that he didn't show any kits, kick, kick steps to space. So, and it's not that he can't do it. It's that Virginia tech doesn't, they don't drop five steps. You know, they don't drop deep out of the gun. So Darisol wasn't asked to, to make that big long first step for anyone listening that doesn't maybe know what that means. That big first step out to the edge rusher, um, you see uh, Robert Quinn, you know, tackles the way they set him up and they, they move laterally. He just didn't do that in college. So, you know, that's up to NFL evaluators. There's nothing in his footwork or hips to say that he can't do it. Um, so that's my number one, one at 20, because I think he, I think he could put him up there with either of the top two tackles in this class because of that. Um, The other name I'm going to throw out there, and I'm going to contradict myself a little bit on what I just said. But I'm interested in Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, Thing that I really like about him, I I mean, I'm not going to get hung up on 40 times, Madden speed ratings, anything like that. I love the way that he comes out of a vertical step. And, And meaning when he hits 10 yards and he is still running forward. So he's running, you know, a go route, a corner, a post, a deep end, something like that. The way he sells at the top of that route, the head fakes, you know, the faint body movements. In this offense, the Bears need that so, so desperately because, you, you know, they, they struggle. They struggle to get vertical. Um, and the other thing I like, you know, he's a, he's a physical specimen. You know, he's, he's going to run a good time. I'm pretty confident in big, strong guy, you know, and he can just out physical a one-on-one matchup, which, again, outside of Allen Robinson, the Bears just really don't have.
2: I I just really quick. I I love the Bateman love. He could be a great outside receiver in the NFL is absolutely a physical specimen. And I mean, what is it with Minnesota? They've been producing some pretty good wide receivers. You got Tyler Johnson on the Buccaneers who really had a pretty decent rookie year and looks like he could be a solid NFL player. So I I love the uh, love the Rashad Bateman love.
0: Well, Logan, I got to give a shout out then to my guy, PJ Fleck, uh, the head coach at Minnesota. For those of you that don't know, he went to my alma mater. And I will never forget 2003, NIU upsets Maryland. Unbelievable game. And PJ Fleck just made a one-handed catch in the end zone. And you just thought, all right, if this guy doesn't play on Sundays, which he did for a short time in San Francisco, the, the guy just understands the game and so maybe maybe a little bit of that NIU magic is is rubbing off. uh we're not going to see any draft picks from NIU so I gotta I gotta take it where I can get it folks all right so gentlemen given the Bears needs offensive line quarterback wide receiver there's definitely some other stuff that that's out there how would you kind of rank those needs what what would you, how would you prioritize them uh in this upcoming
1: draft uh so I'm gonna go 1A being quarterback uh I mean look it, it's the modern NFL. They don't have an NFL quality starter, or maybe backup, depending on who you ask, on their roster right now. I, I mean, that's that's unacceptable, and that has to be addressed first, because you, you, that's the engine that makes it go. Now, with that being said, I don't care who they get at quarterback. With what they currently have on their roster at offensive tackle, they are going to diminish any investment they make on quarterback. So, For me, you got to get those 1A, 1B. You got to get those taken care of. And then wide receiver, while it's in need, you know, while you need it in the modern game, the other two have to come first to make that wide receiver go.
2: Yeah, Mike nailed it. It's it's those two positions. And for me, I think you're basing this ranking off of where you're drafting and what is there. And for me, that almost makes offensive line the 1A to quarterback 1B just because I feel like... Where you're drafting, there's more offensive line talent than there is QB. And then as far as wide receiver, if you look at the wide receiver pool in free agency, I think it's deep enough where you can find a couple guys like you know, Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Higgins, Keelan Cole. There's a bunch of guys who are going to be fairly cheap. You might want to consider a few of them reclamation projects, but I think you're going to be able to find wide receivers where you don't have to worry about that as early unless someone falls into your lap.
0: All right, gentlemen. Let's let's talk late round gems. Not even late round. Let's just say at some point a gem in in, in the draft. Maybe that that isn't at the top of the board or something like that. It, it, again, it's way too early to be looking at this guy is going to be there in the sixth round. But just maybe somebody that that isn't on everybody's radar that that you definitely think is worth a look.
2: Yeah, I'll go first. There was. Uh, it's kind of ironic. I just said what I said about wide receiver, but I think this is a guy who's probably going to go in the mid to late rounds. His name is Josh Palmer from Tennessee. So he's uh, an Ontario native. And he's one of those guys where Tennessee, to be honest, has just been a mess the past few years in terms of their program. They've really struggled to find a a coach. They've, They've definitely struggled to find a quarterback. And I think that's translated into a guy like Josh Palmer, who when you see him on tape where he produced, he was able to high point the ball. He was able to show very, very solid body control in making these, some of these special catches. And he just really kind of has the look of a solid NFL wide receiver at 6'2", 210 pounds. Again, if you're going on your phone right now and you're looking up what his stats were, you're not going to see anything impressive because he didn't have a single 500-plus yard receiving year at Tennessee. But at the same time, I just look at him, and I'm I'm impressed by what he was able to do with the situation, and I just think that he could be kind of a gem.
1: For me, um, I'm going to give you two offensive tackles that I really like in the day two, early day three range, and then one late round. So real quick, um, Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. He's slated right now still in the second round, and, I mean, he comes from an offensive line factory going back what, six, seven years now. I mean, offensive tackles from that program done very well. And, you know, he's sliding to that second round. When I look at him, I see someone who's sliding to day two, not because of ability, but he's boring. I mean, he is just consistent. His technique is solid, but he's boring. He doesn't have the punch of a Christian Derrissaw. He doesn't have the highlight tape, um, you know, of a Slater against Chase Young, but I really like him. You know, he's a box checker for me in traits. Um, someone that I really like. Another one to keep an eye on, and this is a wild card, but Walker Litter, Walker Little, I'm sorry, out of Stanford. A year ago before he got hurt in 2019 and then opted out in 2020, I mean, this guy was thought to be potentially the number one offensive tackle coming out last year, you know, in that loaded class. So that's someone that I'm really interested in to see where he goes as well. Um, I, I mean, he's kind of got a little um, honey badger feel to me. You know, he's a good player. Now, where are you willing to take that risk on someone who hasn't played in two years? It's something to keep an eye on. And for a late round, I really like the wide receiver out of Indiana, Watt Filer. He's, a, he's just a Swiss Army knife. And he fits, I think, so well into what Matt Nagy does. It looks to me like hes he kind of found a home, you know, being an IU alum and fan, seeing him play every game. It, he found a home in the slot. But he can just do a lot of things, you know, the jet motions, the get him the ball in space that Matt Maggie likes to do. I look at him, at, look at him as like almost a poor man's uh, Devontae Smith.
2: I'm gonna jump in real quick just because two of those guys that Mike said were kind of rang a bell. Eichenberg, I, I kind of had him as like an overrated in my book. And again, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm an offensive line expert, but Mike put it perfectly. He's kind of boring. I'm not saying he's gonna be a bad NFL player by any means, but just kind of like a. Bleh, boring pick. And then as far as WAP, I loved watching him at Indiana. He's a smaller player. It's almost like he's kind of going to be your discounted Rondale Moore when you're looking in those later rounds for a wide receiver. And uh, I, I just love watching him play. And then two other guys, I'm not even going to talk about him, but Deontay Smith out of Eastern Carolina and Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa, two tackles who are pretty intriguing. They've been risers. They were former like one, I think Smith was a former wrestler. Brown was a former basketball player. And everybody knows Ryan Pace loves those kind of smaller school offensive linemen. So I think those are two names to keep in mind.
0: All right, gentlemen, coming down to the end of it here. I want to know, at least give me one player that you think is overrated anywhere in the draft and one player that you think is underrated in the draft. As as far as you're looking at some of these draft boards and seeing some of that stuff. An overrated and underrated player.
1: Yeah, I'll start. Um, now I'm going to go against Green. I'm going to make some some people probably pretty upset with this, including maybe Logan. But uh, Devontae Smith is my uh, overrated player. I think so. And hear me out. I do not think Smith will be a bad NFL player. I think he will have a productive ten-year career, and he'll even have some you know Pro Bowl years mixed in there. I just. I, I'm afraid of people in the top 10 that out athlete people in college that, that are superior athletes in a superior scheme. Um, you, you know, the frame worries me a little bit in the NFL, but you know, he is an excellent fit for, you know, what we see in a modern offense. So while I think he's a good player, I think he might be drafted a little bit higher um, where I personally would feel comfortable taking him, especially considering your true, you know, maybe X's in, in your waddle and chase. Um, Now, as far as my underrated player, I alluded to it before, um, Rashad Bateman. I I mean, speaking of wide receivers, I'm not going to go back into it, but I love the vertical stem. I love the one-on-one physical ability. And, you know, I I think he's a guy that's been a little bit overshadowed by these big school, big name, big number wide receivers.
2: Uh, for me, I kind of already talked about, to be honest, who, who my overrated player, that was Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame. So I'll just go to my underrated. And it's it's Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. I, look, Chris Sims had that kind of ridiculous QB rankings where he put Mond ahead of, I think it was maybe Fields and Lance, which is, you know, that's probably a bit much. But Kellen Mond had a, a pretty good career at Texas A&M. He, he's a super athletic guy. He's mobile the the problem i think with him is he does get a little panicked in the pocket and he's one of those guys who kind of does stare down that first read so that's always a scary proposition but he, he gives me some Dak Prescott vibes coming out of college, not even necessarily the same play style by any means, but you have a guy from the SEC who is a productive player, is both about 6'2", 220 pounds, and I just don't think that Callan Mond was given enough credit for his production. I think that he's a pretty good lotto ticket for those middle rounds.
0: Gentlemen, I, I, I got to kind of sit back, you know, the, the college uh, draft is definitely not my thing. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. And that's why I tried to just kind of let you guys do your thing. I'm impressed. I know our listeners are going to be impressed. Mike, uh, again, we know that that wedding is coming up quick. So congratulations to you and your fiance. Thank you so much for, for coming back to the Bear Down Report podcast, man. Thanks, Ryan.
1: I mean, I'm extremely happy to come back. I, I've come a long way now in a couple weeks from a guy who once said that he would never do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, you realize this
0: is not the last time that this is going to be a regular occurrence and you're kind of stuck with us now. So so get used to it, my friend.
1: I'm having a ton of fun with it, Ryan. I'd be happy to come back.
0: Love to hear it, my friend. Love to hear it. Logan, it is more fun having a BDR podcast with you being around. I know you are a busy busy guy with the work that you do outside of BDR, but man, I just I'm thrilled to have you back, buddy. Um thank you so much for for doing the research and being our draft guy.
2: Yeah, something, something was missing, I think, from the last few weeks from my life and it was, it was BDR podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't wait till our episode where we, and we've talked about this and folks, it's upcoming and you guys are gonna look forward to it. We are gonna do a all-time Bears fantasy draft and we're really, really looking forward to it with the, with the four of us, the BDR uh, regular podcast staff. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your time. I'm just taking a, just a minute here to think about the awesome guests that we have had on this show. Uh, Just meeting people through Twitter, Twitter interactions. Uh, If you're not following Unfiltered Bears Fan, uh, you, you need to be doing that. That's Mike Gus. Um, Logan doesn't have a huge following. He, he's not really active uh, in, in finding people to follow him, but he's a hilarious follow. So BDR Bradley, folks, get on that one. And obviously you can follow me at BDR Dengel, D-E-N-G-E-L. Uh, always love a follow. And if you're a Bears fan, I'm following you right back uh, because, hey, we're, we're both fans of the same team. So, you know, quick shout out to, to both of those guys just tremendous work. I'm really excited to take a look at some of the names of the people that they've listed off and go and check them out. The next shout out has got to go to my guy, Jason Reed. Thank you, Jason, for breaking down the cap situation. Um, As soon as the cap was set, I got a text message as soon as Alan Robinson got uh, tagged. I got another one. We've been going back and forth with some of the number stuff. And so at some point I am sure we will have Jason Reed back on to, to talk numbers. Folks, uh, like I said, it's going to be a little bit sporadic here and there, but uh, for all of you, man, we just appreciate all of you that are listening so very much. Also want to say thank you again to last week. We had those two questions from Anthony and John. So thank you guys for sending in your questions. We appreciate that greatly. Folks, if you want to do it, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can also send me an email at ryan.dengelryan.dengel at beardownreport.com. Send me a question. Love to talk about it with our staff. We've got some good stuff coming up. It is going to be a little bit on the sporadic side, like I said, but we are excited to talk to you guys. Folks, for all of you who are listening, thank you so much. Appreciate you supporting what we are doing. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, please head us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. I can't leave this episode without giving a huge shout-out to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader, for sponsoring the episode. You know, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year in the Chicagoland area, you got to give my guy, Jeff, a call. 630-254-4734 or visit genevajeff.com to learn more about how Jeff with at Properties can help you out. I mean it, guys. If you're even thinking about it, give him a call. You'll you'll be shocked at how good this guy is. It's it's incredible stuff. Got to give it out to, to Jeff Cadwalader. And folks, as always, bear down. Bear down. Report.